and welcome to the We Are Zion Sermon Podcast. We are a local church based here in Chennai, India. We are so glad you are with us and hope that this will encourage, inspire and instill fresh faith in you. We continue our sermon series today called All the Fields where we explore the deep emotions that are common to every one of us. We desire to allow the Holy Spirit to shape our emotions so that they don't drive and control our lives but instead help us live in a God-honoring way. Today we speak about disgust, an emotion that every one of us have expressed at something or the other. We look through the lens of God's word at how we can process and redeem this emotion so that we begin to see people in the way that Jesus sees them. Hi church, it's a joy and a privilege uh, that I get to bring God's word to you today. And even as you started this entire series called All the Fields, um, I honestly feel uh, unqualified to talk about it because many times I uh, am guilty of the fact that I hide these emotions, I bury these emotions and um, I just hope time will, you know, just go past and I don't have to deal with them. But uh, as we've been going through and as we've seen uh, in the first part about anger, and the second part of uh, sadness and grief last week, uh, it's very evident that all these emotions are there, all these emotions are present, and God wants us all to work in and through us so that we can handle all of this gracefully and see God come through, so that these emotions don't govern us, that as we experience these emotions, we will always go back to God. We'll always go back to Him and ask God, would you help us walk through this? That we wouldn't become victims of these emotions where we start inflicting things on others, that we will be able to take control and God will work in and through us. And today, as we continue on, we're going to go into the third part of the series. And today we'll be dealing with this emotion called disgust. And even before we start, I just wanted to read from Colossians chapter 3, verses 5 to 8. But before that, can I just say a quick word of prayer and ask God to come uh, minister to us, touch our hearts and heal us right now. Our loving Heavenly Father, we thank you right now, Lord. Lord, we pray even as we take some time to meditate on your word. Lord, even as we have people watching and listening to this, I pray wherever they are at right now, Holy Spirit, would you open up their heart? Would your word fall on good soil? And I pray that, Lord, we will not just identify it, but we will allow you to work in and through us so that we'll be set free and experience the true freedom that you bring. In your most holy name we pray. Amen. Amen. As I had mentioned, we're going to read from Colossians chapter 3, verses 5 to 8. And we're reading from the message version. And this is what it says. And that means killing off everything connected with the way of death, sexual promiscuity, impurity, lust, doing whatever you feel like whenever you feel like it, and grabbing whatever attracts your fancy. That's a life shaped by things and feelings instead of by God. It's because of this kind of thing that God is about to explode in anger. It wasn't long ago that you were doing all that stuff and not knowing any better. But you know better now, so make sure it's all gone for good. Bad temper, irritability, meanness, profanity, dirty talk. The key verse for this entire series has been taken from this one line. That's a life shaped by things and feelings instead of by God. And so today is our life shaped 
as we saw with anger and sadness and grief and today as we look uh, on the topic of disgust is it is our life shaped by these emotions are we uh, like giving so much importance to these feelings that we're forgetting god and the truth is today somewhere down the line we have been doing that somewhere down the line we give more value more importance to our feelings than to god so today even as we look on this topic of disgust um i know a lot of us will struggle to agree okay you know we don't show disgust but as i was meditating i realized that uh, there were two points that i wanted to bring out as i was talking and both those two points seem to be very real in my life and so i wanted uh, god to work in and through me even as i was preparing and i pray that even as you hear that his holy spirit will work in and through you so for uh, a lot of us we all know what the meaning of disgust is or probably as i mentioned earlier in the bible verse it's that feeling you know more than us actually knowing the technical term we know that feeling you know we know when uh, we uh, when someone is looking at us with disgust or when someone uh, is uh, showing that kind of a face or when we kind of like a talking in out of a place of disgust and so this is the meaning of disgust a feeling of revulsion or strong disapproval aroused by something unpleasant or offensive and today if i have to ask you what are some of the things that you disgusted by you know immediately we'd go into small small things you know small things that probably distinguish us or uh, has set us up uh, as you know geshom is disgusted about this let's take for example today a lot of us have there are certain combos that work in food there are certain combos that don't work in food so if i had to say you know what today with food if you're going to have idli and rasam you're being that's disgusting why would you break idli and eat it with rasam it's not meant to be eaten like that but there might be one or two off cases where they feel like you know that's the best combo possible or if i have to ask you would pizza and sambar makes sense that's i mean just hearing about it uh churns our stomach or probably gets that feeling of disgust out but the feeling that the bible talks about disgust doesn't come across with food a lot of other times for us the disgust could be even with certain people groups could be with certain people of a particular language people from a particular state people from a particular region is language something that actually causes disgust at the end of it we need to realize we are all created by god language is something that we communicate but but are we disgusted by others who don't speak our language and probably a lot of us have had biases but are we disgusted by other people who are not our shade of skin are we disgusted by people who and these are things which probably are not in the forefront of our feelings and emotions but they are in the background and honestly as we go through in life we are sometimes as we saw in the first series that hot box thing that where we have that simmering it's there somewhere simmering and so sometimes the way we spew at certain people and we look at certain people and talk about others to a few select people comes from a place of this and the more you dwell in god's word the more we read and more we want to apply what god's word tells us to every day to our every week as christ followers 
we cannot allow this seed of disgust to actually take root you know when we see uh, jesus on this earth we can see clearly how he walked we can see clearly who he touched we can see clearly amongst whom all he was with people who didn't look like him or didn't who looked different or you know at that time within israel the lepers were unclean the each and every there was some reason or the other the crippled had a story okay their parents in sin and that's why they are you know facing the repercussions of their sin and that's why they are crippled and you know you have all these narratives built but jesus never distinguished people based on that he in fact drew more closer to those who didn't know god at all he drew more closer to those who had made disgust as part of their life because of the labels they had put and sometimes many uh, when we aren't careful this disgust that we kind of like uh, talk about or think you know not avidly but when it's subtly right there it's like concrete and as you keep pouring water and curing it within a period of time the disgust is so hard that it's become it becomes tough to break and many a times we've seen through generations it's carried through generations those biases those opinions have carried but as we read god's word we see that god wants to break those areas because he wants us to step into places so that we can do what he's called us to do today if there's one thing we have to learn from the bible is that we need to see the way people were seen by jesus we need to see that uh jesus didn't you know um stay away from them because they were so called sinner no he knew their heart was sinful but he still approached them because he knew if their heart could change from their sinful nature he knew that god can work in and through them And so the key passage I've taken today is from Luke chapter 19 verse 10 and I'm reading from the NLT version it goes on to say for the son of man came to seek and save those who are lost for the son of man came to seek and to save those who are lost and if you can see here the greek word for seek is just not like you know uh, when i ask my kids you know hey go get me triple a batteries for uh, the ac remote which is not working they don't go seeking they just go they just browse through okay within their purview is it there no and they come back and they say you know i couldn't find it but the greek word here that's used for seek is to properly seek by inquiring to investigate to reach a binding terminal resolution to search getting to the bottom of the matter the same thing if they know you know what they are going out and they can go and play and will you get me the battery they would really go and seek because they know that there's a reward attached to this many a times in our christian walk we are like this where we just browse through and say god i just went no one was there to for me to share about you at all jesus came down to seek he seeks us so that's why the very labels of whatever we've put on ourselves which are not of christ's nature does not repel him does not cause him to you know move away from us but he rather draws towards us the word save here 
is a lot of us know the meaning of save. It uh, the Greek word gives the meaning as heal, preserve, and rescue. It says to deliver or to protect, and that's what Jesus came down. He wanted to deliver us. He sought us. He came to the place where we were really struggling. He inquired and found out that that's where we are. He knows where we are at. and he saved us he protects us from that situation and he takes us out and redeems us and i as i was meditating on this verse the previous passage talks about jesus encounter with zacchaeus and uh, a lot of you know zacchaeus is a short guy he couldn't see jesus when he was passing by so he climbed up a sycamore tree and then he was you know seeing jesus from that and as jesus was passing by i think jesus was jesus scanner was on and he saw he knew i need to meet with zacchaeus as i was going through the life of zacchaeus zacchaeus had um, you know had probably the emotions of disgust twofold one he was probably uh, being viewed at you know with a lens of disgust by his own people because as a tax collector uh, you know the romans uh, at that time were governing the land and one of the ways in which the romans succeeded in governing the land was to levy heavy taxes and one of the things that they did was they pressed and you know, oppressed they are people where they have captured to pay heavy taxes and so there has so these tax collectors were people who wanted to serve and please the romans that they were willing to actually rat out or sell out their allegiance and whatever they wanted to do with the jewish people and so the jewish people the israelites looked at these tax collectors with disgust they were like you know what you are a traitor you are going and helping them out and so that was the lens in which they were looked at and so zacchaeus probably knew that is what is the uh, vibe that he was getting from his own fellow people and honestly he internally because of the fact of whatever he was doing was disgusted with himself and so that eventually caused him to actually seek for jesus because if he heard something about jesus he was like you know what there's something different i need to see him the least because i know i can't talk to him i know i can't approach him but i because I, i don't know whether he'll accept me because the culture at that time was the pharisees never you know mingled with tax collectors they thought that they were the they were the enemy but as jesus was crossing jesus sought he looked at him and the beautiful thing is he says i'm coming home to your uh, that evening and he goes to his house and it's jesus didn't preach a big sermon jesus didn't ask him the heart question or anything just the presence of jesus caused his heart to change it says that in chapter 19 verse 8 that zacchaeus was convicted that he says you know what i if i'm done anything wrong i'm sorry forgive me and he says i will return to those who i've cheated from not one time two time but four times what i've cheated i'll give my wealth to the poor when jesus walks in he removes the thing of disgust and replaces it and i love that from that comes this verse where the son of man came to save and seek those who are lost and so today even as we meditate on this the the whole thing of disgust it comes from a heart issue and today sin is a heart issue it's not um, a label that you know it it's defined like you know 
I'm a sinner. Sin is a heart issue. And that's what when you receive salvation, the very nature that changes inside is one of our heart. Where our heart is changed. We are not sinful in nature, but we are redeemed. We are washed by the blood of the Lamb. And so what happens is automatically from then on, we become the apple of God's eye. And at the end of it, you know, a God who is angry at sin because we repented and come to him is calling us the apple of his eye. He loves us. So today, as we go through, I would ask, would you allow Jesus to work in and through us so that this nature, this emotion that we feel, this underlying current that is there will be changed. And when it changes, we'll see things clearly through the lens of Jesus as to how he wants us to see it. Because when he causes us to see things, we experience freedom. There's no anxiety. There's no tension. There's no worry as to what. Because at the end of it, God, it's, it's the way you want me to see it. And that requires us to act and step in faith. The heading of Luke chapter 19 starts off uh, in the NLT. It says, Jesus brings salvation. If there's one thing that happens is the fact that only Jesus can bring salvation. If there's one thing that uh, can be done today is the fact that even as I talked about the heart issue of sin, only Jesus can bring salvation. So we probably are recipients of someone's disgust and you're like, you know what, how do I respond to this? Let's go to God in prayer and say, God, I know they're not being right. I know that they are not uh, helping me. I know that that uh, what they are uh, thinking and uh, the way they're looking at me is they're looking with such disgust. I pray that, Lord, you would work in them. And also you would change me, Lord Jesus. Because it says in the New Testament, time and again, both Peter, James and uh, Paul keep saying, pray for those who are persecuting you. Intercede for them. God will come through. Allow God to work. Because God only can change their heart. We cannot. So let's pray and intercede with them. And let us not be people who actually uh, exhibit this emotion of disgust. Jesus always moved deeper. He moved deeper. His touch was always deeper than the, the cloak of disgust that the world had put on people. He always moved far deeper and touched them. And God expects that of us. That, you know, the cloak of disgust would not be something that causes us to step away, but rather would enable us to step forward in faith, trusting Jesus to come through. So even as we talk, there are two things which I wanted to highlight as in terms of disgust. These are two emotions probably you're feeling or uh, you're probably going through or probably you've felt it from others. Let's see how we can understand from God's scripture and work on this. The first thing is disgust on display. You know, disgust on display is when you see disgust in front of your eyes, where people are showing it towards you. And I want to take this reference from 2 Samuel chapter 6. And this is what it goes on to say from verse 20 onwards. When David returned home to bless his own family, Michael, the daughter of Saul, came out to meet him. She said in disgust how distinguished the king of Israel looked today, shamelessly exposing himself to the servant girls like any vulgar person might do. David retorted to Michael, I was dancing, who chose me above your father 
and all his family. He appointed me as a leader of Israel, the people of the Lord. So I celebrate before the Lord. Yes, I am willing to look even more foolish than this, even to be humiliated in my own eyes. But those servant girls you mentioned will indeed think I am distinguished. So Michael, the daughter of Saul, remained childless throughout her entire life. There are two aspects to this whole thing. One is Michael's response to seeing David um, being undignified and worshipping God. The preamble to this entire thing is the Ark of the Lord was stuck in another place. And when David wanted to bring it from there, uh, one of the men, because as they were traveling and as it moved on a cart, touched it by mistake and God's anger came on uh, him and he died at that place. And so they parked the Ark of the Lord in a person's house. And in that particular person's house, for the next three months, there was blessings. Everything was blessed. But David's heart was the Ark of the Lord should be in his city and for God to rest with his people. And so as he had prepared the priests, as they had gone, he had brought the Ark of the Lord. And this was his extravagant way of worshipping God. And it's, it's nice to see David remembers who set him on the throne. It wasn't Saul. It wasn't uh, Samuel. It wasn't people who were there. It was God who gave him the seat at the throne. And today, we oftentimes are in this place where our disgust is on display because someone else's worship to God doesn't look the same way as we worship God. And I felt it so true in my life, where I'm quick to judge another person, another church, another uh, person's worship, style of worship and uh, what they do, because I somewhere think I'm on a higher pedestal when it comes to worshipping God, to seeking God to doing what God's called me to do. And the more I dwelt on this, I realized that disgust causes this um, sudden lift in on what we stand, on the plane that we stand, where we start thinking we are better off than others. And so, Michael here, even as she was seeing David walk in, and you should, I mean, if you read, you'll see that for every 10 feet, they were killing a fat ox and a lamb and sacrificing it as the ark came. So it wasn't a pretty sight. It wasn't just, you know, fanfare and everything. It was a messy affair. It was a costly worship. And imagine he's gone and he's told all his people, go and celebrate. He comes home so that he can bless his household. And when he walks in, He's mocked for his worship. But David knew his worship was toward God alone. And he says, even if it requires me to be undignified before you people, I would rather do that for the sake of God because he's more important. So today, as we worship, are we having an underlying disgust? Probably theology doesn't align and so we feel we are on a superior platform. Probably their way of ministry looks completely different. But they're not worshipping us. They're not, there's no template given. God said, I'm here to accept worship from my chosen people. Anyone who calls on the name of Jesus will be saved. And as they all worship, we oftentimes have a limited understanding 
that's what the more we see people and the way we worship you always looking them through our lens the more you interact with them and you start seeing the way they are seeing jesus makes sense today i personally have been in this debate time and again as you know how we talk and run down other uh, worship songs and we feel you know what they are not doing their job right but honestly the worship belongs to god if anything god has to take care of it my opinions don't matter and today we are living in a world which is governed by opinions and reviews immediately there's a blog out immediately there's twitters like you know exploding many a times you know our discuss cannot come from that place we have to say god how am i reacting how am i handling this this is just one aspect probably there are many other aspects in which discussed manifests itself out today would you ask god to work in and through you i time and again have to take a step back from my opinions and from this layer of disgust that i can tend to create and say god i don't want to go down this path i would rather be here and see things the way you want me to see it so disgust on display so this is one where you know if it's not done our way we tend to show disgust another aspect is when we have a certain dislike as i mentioned earlier a lot of times it revolves around food and uh, people group and language sometimes as christians our disgust comes when salvation can be accessed by everyone we want to put borders around it and this is from the life of jonah jonah was called by god to go to nineveh and immediately if there's one response that kicked him was the subtle uh, layer of disgust that was there just came to the forefront he didn't like the assyrians he didn't like nineveh god was sending them to repent because nineveh was going to become this world capital 50 to 75 years later and they were going to rule the world and he wanted them their sins of that land had reached to god and he was angry and he wanted them to change but jonah somehow felt that he's the gatekeeper for salvation he decides who has to come to the saving knowledge of god and so what does he do instead of going there he takes a ship to tarshish and god meets him there there's a storm in the midst of the to- storm he's sleeping cuz he's adamant he's like god i'm not going to go there till the people on the boat kick him out and put him onto the water they are all safe a fish comes and eats him he's in the belly of the fish and in the belly of the fish for 3 days he makes this prayer and i want to read that particular prayer out to you from jonah chapter 2 was a 7 to 10 when my life was ebbing away i remembered you lord and my prayer rose to you to your holy temple those who cling to worthless idols turn away from god's love for them but i with shouts of grateful praise will sacrifice to you what i vowed i will make good i will say salvation comes from the lord i will say salvation comes from the lord you see jonah who actually thought was a gatekeeper for god's salvation at that time because he was a prophet and god's anointed realized salvation only comes from the lord and belongs to god he chooses who all gets to be saved and he sends his people there and so god had to work on his idea of salvation and so church today in 2022 how does that apply 
it applies very much because today we are not sharing God's love and His grace because we judge them. We judge people by the Instagram post that they have put. And we think, you know what, that person needs salvation or you know what, that person does not need salvation. They are hanging out to the wrong group. Or we feel, you know what, uh, if I tell them it's like, uh, it's like going to fall on hard rock. What can that, what can, we somewhere think we control salvation. But God wants us to deal with that emotion because God will use us wherever he takes us. If Jesus came to seek and save those who are lost, as Christ followers, our mission is to go and seek and save those who are lost. Wherever Jesus takes us, the Holy Spirit will prompt us, Geshom, talk to them. And a simple conversation, hey, how are you? I I mean, uh, so what are you doing in life? And talking there, getting to know them. At the end of it, probably a prayer is what changes everything. Probably just telling them, you know what, your struggle is real. But can I pray for you? Jesus is here. Anytime you feel lonely, anytime you feel downcast, remember Jesus is there to heal you. Jesus is there to hear you. It requires us to come to a place where we move from this emotion of disgust on display and put on Christ on display, where we are moving forward, taking step, step. Every day we are taking a step forward. You know, we don't, we suddenly do not own salvation. But we are just like a channel. And God beautifully can, you know, moves that channel to where he wants. So there'll be seasons in which God places you in certain places, certain people, uh, in people's lives. Be a channel, be a conduit of God's presence, of God's anointing into those people's lives. So much that when they look back, they'll realize, you know what, this person came into my life. They created an impact. And today we are better and we are able to see Jesus and experience him more because of them. As I mentioned earlier, it's a heart issue. So how do we combat this disgust? It comes and I wanted to take this particular passage from James chapter 2 verses 8 to 9 and 12 to 13. It goes on to say, yes, it's indeed it is good when you obey the royal law as found in the scriptures, love your neighbor as yourself. But if you favor some people over others, you are committing a sin. You are guilty of breaking the law. So whatever you say or whatever you do, remember that you will be judged by the law that sets you free. There will be no mercy for those who have not shown mercy to others. But if you have been merciful, God will be merciful when he judges you. One of the things that we can always have constantly running in the back of my mind is we've received grace from God. And because of his grace, we are saved. And because we are saved, we get to show his grace to other people also. And God's grace shows no favoritism. If you have everyone stand in a row and, um, you know, see a grace meter being on on everyone's life, you'll see it's the same amount of grace. There was no grace shown to someone who was less sinful. Every one of us is sinful. And God's work in and through us, through his grace. And so if there's one thing that will set us, you know, from people who will actually be uh, people who should disgust on display would be the fact that we would have to come to a place of not showing favoritism. It says here, remember whatever you do will be judged by the law that sets you free. So we've been set free. But that same law also will judge us if we have our own criteria, categories in which because Jesus accepted us as we are. 
And as we journey on, it's Jesus' job to accept them as they are. And at the same time, let us not show disgust. Let us uh, remember, ask God to work in and through us. Yes, for some of us, it's just ingrained in us because we've been, you know, cultivated with a culture as we were growing up. But allow God to work in and through that. Let not that be the dictating factor in your life. Disgust on display can only be broken by a culture of honor. Disgust on display can only be broken by a culture of honor. And as we read from James chapter 2, that's what it is. A culture of honor where we can honor everyone who is coming into the saving knowledge of Jesus. I'm not asking you to, it, this, this is very much for those within the church who are Christ followers, that we can show no favoritism. And let's develop this culture of honor to really move ahead and see God come through. And for those of us who are interacting a lot with those who don't know Jesus, let us be like how Jesus was with Zacchaeus. Let's always be there to be a friend and allow God to do the salvation work. We are just instruments in God's hands and let him use us. The second part is discussed in grown. So the first one we saw was discussed on display where we showcase it, but discussed in grown. A lot of times today, we are all carrying some amount of disgust within ourselves. We've been uh, recipients of disgust on display. And so we think, you know what, this disgust is something I can't shred off or take off, but it's part of me. And today God wants to set us free from that. And the reason why I'm saying God wants to set us free is because somewhere down the line, we think because of the disgust shown by others and we've labeled ourselves, you know what, this if people are saying that, you know, I'm like this and I'm, I'm like this, probably this is my nature. I'm probably a defective piece in God's creation. You know, we have a finite understanding of how God created things. We cannot fathom it. You look at the birds of the air, you look at the animals, you look at everything that God's created. It's so unique. And our mind cannot comprehend. And when we look at everyone around the world as humans, we are all unique and that is the beauty of God. We try to approach and try seeing God, you know, his infinity through a finite lens. A finite lens only can see this much. His infinite in his understanding and his scope of everything is what we can't even imagine. And so today, we probably are in a place where a lot of our family members and the people that we care about the most have let us down. They have told things or meant things that have made us feel disgust within ourselves. And we've kind of like become a person in a shell thinking, you know what, this is where I'm at. Or relationship-wise between our spouses or between friends or between our loved ones that we kept. We are close to, they, we all are like carrying some amount of disgust because that personal remark that they made about me of the way I look, of the way I am, the way I speak, the character that I have. But when we allow God to work in and through us, he wants to change that very nature that we are feeling within because we will truly not be free if we are carrying that within us. I wanted to read from Proverbs chapter 3, verses 5 to 12, and this is what it says. Trust God from the bottom of your heart. Don't try to figure out everything on your own. Listen for God's voice in everything you do, everywhere you go. He's the one 
who will keep you on track don't assume that you know it all run to god run from evil your body will glow with health your very bones will vibrate with life honor god with everything you own give him the first and the best your bonds will burst your wine vats will brim over but don't dear friend resent god's discipline don't sulk under his loving correction it is the child he loves that god corrects a father's delight is behind all this you know we cannot do this on our own the discuss that we carry yes we are recipients of it we take it but as we take it can we also trust god with it because god works in and through us yeah there are some uh, changes that have to happen and so god uses people to correct us but may we never uh, put it back out there and say god and if if you are hurting if at this point if you have been carrying a heavy burden in some form of a disgust over your life probably the way, the way that you look you to you itself it seems disgusting the the way your skin of the color of your skin is it looks disgusting for you but i would ask you would you trust god he created you he placed you in the family that you are placed right now he placed you with the siblings right now he placed you with people in uh, in this in your life not right now even for all that you've gone through and where you're going towards he's placed you in that he governs everything and as i said trust god from the bottom of your heart don't try to figure this out on your own because the more we try to figure out on our own we have our limitations we hold on to these uh, the roots of disgust and we we make our life unpleasant by it but god wants to work in and through us probably for a lot of us sickness some sickness which we can't talk about those unspoken requests are probably one of disgust which we or probably we we have a limitation within ourselves and you know we are disgusted by ourselves but the beautiful thing about us worshiping jesus is he is approachable our faith causes us to approach jesus our faith causes us to take that step of faith and go and touch him our faith causes us to step out and say god i need help i need you more than ever before i want to read from matthew chapter 9 verses 19 to 22 so jesus and the disciples got up and went with him just then a woman who had suffered for 12 years with constant bleeding came up behind him she touched the fringe of his robe for she thought if i can just touch his robe i will be healed jesus turned around and when he saw her he said daughter be encouraged your faith has made you well and the woman was healed at that moment here is a woman who's been suffering quietly for 12 years she was living in a land where if people knew about this they would treat her like an outcast they would probably ask her to keep away she can't even be in between Uh, other people around she would have been labeled as unclean growing in that environment she would have been disgusted by herself she would have been embarrassed every time she went to a doctor she would have thought god why am i do- carrying this why am i doing this and in general when 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 we are disgusted with our own selves we become angry we become bitter we suddenly are feeling all the other emotions that we shouldn't be feeling but i would ask you today if you're in that place where you're feeling this right now where disgust has been growing within yourself probably abuse has done certain a uh, certain level of damage probably there's been people who've spoken uh, you know down to you and made you feel like nothing and you've just feeling disgusted by yourself or probably there are mistakes that you made from your end there were things you you shouldn't have said certain things you shouldn't have been in a certain place you 
feel like you've compromised yourself you 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 are carrying a lot of guilt and shame and at this point the only emotion that you feel is one of disgust from head to toe i would ask you don't go to any person but can you step out in faith like this person she knew she didn't even go and want to talk to him she didn't want to talk about the problem itself all that she knew was if i can go to jesus and just touch him touch his robe maybe i'll be set free she probably heard testimonies and people were talking about how others were healed her only thing was can i just go to jesus and so church and to whoever was watching or listening right now i would ask you would you make that your prayer so that you can just take that step of faith it requires faith to say you know god i'm going to step out of this zone i'm going to take this step i'm going to cross this line and come to you asking you to touch me because when he touches everything changes when he touches everything that is of stone breaks when he touches every label that is written over you is completely erased and suddenly you are seen suddenly you are feeling what god's child has to be felt who he says we are we claim to those promises we we know we are that jesus never jesus is never disgusted with us even though we feel disgusted with ourselves jesus is never disgusted with us so today whatever level of disgust you're feeling the only safe person you can go to the only person who can listen to you the only person who can understand you is jesus and that comes from a place of having faith saying god i don't know but i'm going to have faith i trust you wholeheartedly it has to be a heart change if you're going to deal with this emotion it's only with the heart we have to step out and say god i need you more than ever before a true heart change so that the the fruits of sin will die completely and the fruit of the spirit will start working in and through us only jesus can help us and cause us to be holy set free you know the thing about this emotion of disgust is causes us to separate ourselves from jesus but christ's love moves us closer and causes us to deal with it and remember who is above this emotion and causes us to realize that god is above that jesus wants to work in and through us and a lot of us feel you know disgust kind of gives us feeling and that the sense that you know what i'm not worthy of christ's love i i think i need to be separate from christ because i don't i don't deserve it and romans chapter 5 verse 35 to 39 says this beautifully and paul says can anything ever separate us from christ's love does it mean he no longer loves us if we are if we have trouble or calamity or are persecuted or hungry or destitute or in danger or threatened with death as the scripture says for your sake we are killed every day we are being slaughtered like sheep no despite all these things overwhelming victory is ours through christ who loved us and i am convinced that nothing can separate us from god's love neither death nor life neither angels nor demons neither our fears for today nor our worries about tomorrow not even the powers of hell can separate us from god's love 
No power in the sky above or in the earth below. Indeed, nothing in all creation will ever be able to separate us from the love of God that is revealed in Christ Jesus our Lord. So today I would ask you, church, and for those who are listening, can we be in boldness stepping out and saying, God, I want to receive this love. This love so that it can replace. This love that uh, that can Lord, bring me back to you. So that this separation, that this 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 emotion of disgust is caused, will be far removed, Lord. Can we stop with disqualifying ourselves because of this emotion thing of disgust of what you're feeling, whether it's ingrown or whether you're showing it towards others, and isolating ourselves? If there's one thing, as I mentioned, the culture of honor will automatically change of how we look. At people, so that we wouldn't have disgust in our eyes. When we have to deal with disgust ingrown, we need to have a culture of honesty, a place of honesty where we're saying, "Jesus, I'm honest right now. I am at a place right now where you're far away, and I want to draw closer to you." Let's be real with ourselves. And so today, church, as we close. I know this is it's it's a heavy emotion. Many times, as we keep hearing it and as it sinks in, there'll be areas which keep popping up, and the Holy Spirit might be revealing it to us. But it's not one to move us to a place of shame, no. But it's one to move us to a place of understanding God more than ever before and drawing closer to Him, and saying, "God, I'm sorry for what I've done till now. Probably I've been showing disgust on others, and I'm really sorry." Change me, work in me, or probably you've been hitting yourself really hard, feeling disgusted by the way you are. But it's high time you are more concerned, and it's high time for you to change and realize that you have to be who God's called you to be. It's not who you are. Our understanding of ourselves is so limited. I would rather go to the Creator who created us and ask Him who we really are, because He has a divine purpose and plan for us, and that we will be people will be able to accept it and live out the plan and purpose that He has. So even as I close, I don't know what emotion you're feeling right now, wherever you're at, but I'm going to ask God to come down and work in and through us. His words will change. They that they as they are fallen in good soil, it will bear fruit. And that every sinful nature that is there in our hearts will be removed out completely, and that we'll be set free. A loving Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you, Lord, for this time. Thank you, Lord, that even as we dealt with this word, Lord Jesus, this emotion, I pray that, Lord, we come to you because you are the only one who can save us. Thank you, Lord, that you came into this world. You you sought us, Lord Jesus, and you've saved us. You've set us free, and we're grateful for that, Lord. We know we cannot do life. We cannot do this life without you. We need you more than ever before, Lord. I pray that, Lord, you would come down, work in and through us, Lord Jesus. Move in and through us, Lord. Shape us, set us free, Lord Jesus. We thank you. I pray more than anything. We want you to be glorified. I pray that, Lord, for those of us who have been recipients of disgust, Lord Jesus, that, Lord, our focus will only be you, Lord. I pray you would remove anger, you would remove bitterness, you would remove everything that, Lord, is not of you, Lord, in our hearts. That you would work in and through us, Lord Jesus. 
I pray Lord for those of us who have been beating ourselves up with disgust and groan. I pray that Lord we'll be able to step out Lord Jesus and see who you've created us to be. If it's caused us to if there's a separation between us and you Lord Jesus. I pray that Lord even as we read who can separate us from the love of Christ. We will draw closer to you Lord Jesus. I pray this will not move us away but it will draw us closer Lord Jesus. I pray for those who are watching right now wherever they are at if they have been spoken down to and looked down by disgust Lord I pray that there will be a fresh anointing of your holy spirit upon their lives right now I pray that Lord every hurt every heartache every wound every bruise every wound that is being inflicted will be changed right now Lord your healing hand would set everyone free you will set everyone free Lord Jesus We want to experience freedom. We want to experience freedom that only comes in the name of Jesus. Be with us and bless us. In your most holy name we pray. Amen. Amen. So even as you step out this week, let's ask God, God work in and through us. You know, as you go through, there'll be instances or the Holy Spirit will bring to memory certain places where you probably have shown disgust on people or people closest to you. Ask God to work in and through you. He wants to change you inside out. Ask God for forgiveness and set the track record straight. For those of you who have been beating yourselves up with disgust, groan, uh, ingrown, I would ask that you would lay everything at the feet of Jesus. Only He can take it away. If we work at it, we make a mess out of it. But when He works on us, He does something beautiful. And we in turn become useful for His kingdom. for his plan and purpose to be accomplished in and through us. So I pray that God will strengthen you every step of the way, that he'll be with you in your going out coming in, and that God will bless you. I pray that you have a blessed week. God bless you all. Thanks for listening to this message. We hope you were blessed. To hear more messages like this, make sure to subscribe and check out our podcast channel for past episodes. If you like what you are hearing, consider rating us, subscribing, and even sharing it with friends that would really help us for more content from we are zion and to connect with us go to weazion.in remember whoever finds jesus finds life